My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. I'm Roger Ray. And this is General Kenobi. Hello there. Hello, General Kenobi. Welcome back, man. It's been a long time since I've been on the podcast. What happened? I know. It feels good to be back. Oh, man, I've been all over. Um, So we were talking a little bit backstage, but I literally just moved. uh, Okay, let me take that back. I've been in the process of moving for what it feels like three years. Uh, (laughs) But today was the big move, you know, all the furniture, all that stuff. So... Pardon the little bit of chaos that you see in the background. Uh, trust me, the rest of the house is much, much worse. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, a lot of things going on. Um, and still trying to fit in, you know, making some content for Ahsoka, right? Uh, here and there. But uh, yeah, good to be back, man. I've missed this. Yeah, it looks like your office there is a little bit bigger now. Yeah, uh, which is a little bit sad because as, as, as uh, it is bigger, I keep bringing in more stuff. And I'm like, you know what? It might not be big enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know because you said on a previous podcast i had like totes and totes like in storage yeah dude so and there's that's... gonna be a there's gonna be some downsizing uh you know to the collection pretty soon here yeah that's just the worst man my wife Agreed. told me this weekend she's like i found these totes in the garage and i'm like uh and this texas <laughs> heat man that uh, stuff is like warps and melts yes and it's like yes. how is this left out there Agreed. but i don't think it was star wars stuff per se i think it was more like sports like okay. starting lineup figures and still man different things yeah yeah, yeah i mean it still I hurts just, yeah yeah it's i don't know i, I haven't have been brave enough to look through those totes but uh, <laughs> yeah yeah before we get started of course we want to note uh recognize all of our patrons here that support the star Wars the podcast on the purple tier on patreon we have darth ace one leah mccallion texas vader 76 chris simpson Kevin Leininger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Zach Netzel. On the red tier, we have Fenrir 526, Maya Morris. And on the black tier, we have Maka, Tautala, Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker. Thank you so much for all your support. We love you guys. And Ahsoka Episode 5. Everyone seems to be still talking about this for good reason. It's peak Star Wars. We're really deep into the Filoni-verse. And General Kenobi, I want to hear your thoughts because we haven't talked to you in a while. You haven't been on the podcast in a while. What did you take away? What what are the major points that you took away leading up to from episode one all the way up to episode five? Sure thing. Um, So I was a little bit on the boat that uh, episode one through four, well, up to the very last shot out of episode four, right? Uh, We're a little bit like, okay, I kind of, I kind of was expecting just a little bit more, right? Like a little bit more uh, meat on the story, right? But then the second half of the season started with episode five and we just, you know, kicked the nitro fast and furious style. And I was like, all right, this is where all the money went to. Okay. Um, Okay. Story-wise, yes. Still a lot of questions as it should be. You know, we don't want to know everything, right? That's going on. Otherwise, what's, what's the point? We still got plenty of questions. We still got plenty of doubts. We still don't know exactly what we saw on a lot of those uh, shots, right? Um, and 
to me, that's something good, right? That's something that a good TV show should do, right? Regardless of if, if it is a Star Wars TV show, any TV show should should create a little bit of a debate, a little bit of like, are we sure that that's what we saw? A little bit of, I wonder if they're pulling our leg, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think um, as much as people, um, how can I say it? As much as people are sure of what they saw in episode five, I still have a couple of doubts on it, all right? And more specifically, you know, going a little bit deep into it, um, the war between worlds, right? Yes, everybody is saying that was the war between worlds and all that. I'm like, okay, uh, 99%, I think, yes, it was, right? But there's still that 1% to me that says, I don't know, it it didn't look, you know, what we like what we have seen before or what little we know about the world between worlds. Visually, I mean, yes, it was definitely some sort of dream alternate, you know, state in the force, etc. for sure. But was it exactly the world between worlds? I don't know. Like I said, I still have that little hint of doubt, right? Which again, to me, that's something good. Uh, because if you just gave me the exact same scene as what we saw in Rebels, I'm like, okay, that's the one between worlds. That's it, right? I mean, move on. What else? So uh, there's a debate about what Anakin was, right? Or is still. Is he a Force ghost? Is he just the remnants of, you know, the consciousness in the Force? Is he that light side portion that was remaining within Vader? You know, things like that. So again, to me, that's the fun part, all right? Don't get me wrong. Visually, Oh my lord, this show has been incredible, right? Seeing live live action clone troopers like phase one clone troopers, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, right here, right now, that will I actually enjoyed that part more than seeing young Ahsoka. And I know that might be a little bit of a hot take, but I freaking love like phase one clone troopers. That's my favorite trooper like design. And to finally see them live, you know, like dudes wearing armor like on screen. To me, that was peak right there. And yes, at Clone Wars, Ahsoka, Clone Wars, Anakin, insane, right? But let's be honest. We kind of knew that was coming, right? We kind of knew that that was going to happen. Exactly. There you go. That was going to happen um, at some point in some form. Uh, love the way they did it. Super good looking, in my opinion. Um, uh, the young actress name escapes me right now, but I think she did a really good job. Ariana Greenblatt. There you go, Ariana. Yes. Um, I thought she did. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. I thought she's been killing it. I mean. Yeah, that's an incredible run right there. Every nope. huge franchise. Yeah. I mean, she's Absolutely. also come out and she also worked with Selena Gomez, too. On a Disney show as well. In the middle. Dang. So, Disney, for sure. Um, so, the show has been very, very fun. Uh, of course, you know, we we are being presented with questions that we haven't asked in a long time, right? Yeah. We're diving a little bit deep into the nature of the force, which Mm -hmm. is awesome, right? Uh, That's something we haven't really done in a long time, right? I I don't think there's been any sort of debate as to how the force works for, man, I don't even know, years and years, right? Um, There was a little bit of a debate when race identity was, called into question right is she a nobody is she the daughter of somebody you know is the force inherited or can it just pop up through a a generation right like without ever being existent before mm-hmm. but after that i don't think we we've had a conversation like this right it's like hey 
if somebody is not force sensitive, right, can they still learn to wield the force? And I think that's that's an interesting question, right? And I'm sure, you know, Mr. Filoni is laughing his, you know, butt off, you know, backstage saying, oh, look at this. Look at this dude's running around trying to figure out what I'm trying to do. But, uh, hey, that's the fun of it. I really do wonder what Dave Filoni thought about, because he was on set when The Last Jedi was being filmed. Yeah. I think that was his first kind of live action set experience for a Star Wars film. And he he really did become a student of Ryan Johnson there. And he, he tried to learn how to uh, create live action because, of course, at that point in time, he'd only done animation. Yep. And I wonder how that dynamic worked. Um, I mean, Filoni was highly revered at that time, but on set, I kind of think that Ryan Johnson really never asked his opinion of story. I think Ryan Johnson probably felt confident in his storytelling capabilities, which he should. Um, but I, I really wonder what Filoni thought as far as what he would change in The Last Jedi. I think it would have been a lot. But yeah. I think that just kind of goes without saying, though, because I think everything live action that has been created since then, I think Filoni would have changed a lot of it. Um, the sequel trilogy, I think, would have been totally different. Um but I mean, that's all canon. You really can't go back. We can only really look forward at this point. But um, I really wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What went on inside of Filoni's mind when he saw all this stuff and what he would have done differently? Because it seems like everything that Filoni has done has hit with audiences. It's hit with storytelling. The writing has been good to great. Um, and everything that I think I've seen on social media is just praising Filoni. You see that meme yeah. with his head in the sky with the guy oh, with yeah. his arms up. And you see people say, just give Star Wars to Filoni. I think it essentially Star Wars is Filoni's, but I mean, he can only be, he's only one person. He can't exactly. clone himself. He can't be yep. everywhere. And <laughs> we, we don't want to spread himself. We don't uh, want to spread Filoni that's too what I was thin. Gonna say. Yes. Because look at the Marvel situation right exactly. now with Feige. Yep. I mean, Feige to me, he's he's on a huge, huge pedestal. He's he's at the top of all producers and creative heads, but I mean, everyone has their limits and yeah, absolutely. The way that they're talking now with Lucasfilm that where they want to kind of spread out everything and do a star Wars film every two years or so, but then they went back on that saying they're going to drop two movies in one year. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of a mess, but I think that's probably the best way to go. And Filoni needs to kind of oversee everything. But there's always caveats to rules, though, because you look at what Tony Gilroy did with Andor. I don't think Filoni had any type yeah. of hand in any of that stuff. Exactly. And Gilroy just cooked on the side, you know? So I think that's where we're at right now. Star Wars in and of itself is in a very 
interesting slash odd situation and circumstance right now. But yeah, uh, no kidding. Yeah. So Ray, what what thoughts and ideas and and what have you? How many times have you seen episode five? I know you texted me, <laughs> and you're like, man, I saw it again. It keeps on getting better, and it does. It gets better, man. It gets better. That's a true sign of great talent, great artistry, and showing that something really hit. So what do you got to say, Ray? Well, first, I'm going to retract on what I said earlier about uh, her being with Selena Gomez on the show. It was actually, she uh, came on the show stuck in the middle with Jenny Ortega. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's the show. But anyway, I just want to clarify that. So if anyone comes back at me saying, hey, that's not the right person or whatever. <laughs> um, watching it again and again. Now, mind you, you know, Colin kind of hit on the nail where he was talking about Clone Wars, how Clone Wars really, if you hadn't watched Clone Wars, it's not going to hit you the way it hits people who actually watch Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. So it's kind of be kind of cutting in between the two worlds because you're going to have people who are happy, people who don't understand. Filoni is basically one of us. And the reason why I say that is because Filoni is a geek who loves his Lord of the Rings. And of course, we we don't know what other stuff he likes. You know, we don't know if he likes Battlestar. We don't know what other geek things he likes. Um, But the biggest thing, we see a lot of remnants of Lord of the Rings tying into, you know, Star Wars Rebels, um, somewhat Clone Wars. um, And I really believe he's giving the fans what he thinks fans would want. I think that's what makes Filoni special in that way is that don't get me wrong. Hollywood always has their hand in the pot. And that's what I think really ruins certain franchises because they try to get in there and say, Oh, well, you know what? Let's do this instead. And they start changing what the director or writer wants to do, which then kind of really butchers the end product of the movie or, you know what I mean? But Filoni, I feel is being able to keep some of his control on what he wants to bring to screen or the TV show. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think giving him, even though he probably does have a certain percentage of the reins, dude, just give it to him, man. You know, let him pitch his elevator pitch of what, where he wants to start and where he wants to end, you know, cause you got to have the beginning story and the end story, you know? So which I, I I think he does have that already somewhat in the box. That's why we kind of got that whole Jason, you know, having the force. But of course, they mentioned that everyone has the force. But and I think this is where the next level is going to take it is that it doesn't mean if you don't have the force, you can't train in the force and become better. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I think that's what that next level is going to be because it doesn't mean the chosen one who was supposed to be the chosen one had didn't come out the way it was supposed to. And I think that's what made Ahsoka kind of worried because, you know, there was all this hype about, you know, Anakin was a chosen one. He's a chosen one. And then with that power he got, look what he became. And I think that's what her fear was. I don't want to train this person. And then they become pretty much what Anakin became. I think that's what her fear was in wanting to train Sabine 
or Grogu. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of dogma in the Jedi Order. And yeah. she was trained a certain way. And, of course, she grew up, as we all saw in live action, in war. She was a little kid warrior. Yeah. We, I don't think, I think it kind of went over our heads. And this was the beauty of the live action, seeing how young Ahsoka really was at the Siege of Mandalore when she took on Maul single-handedly. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a, it's a sobering fact, really. I mean, and you you look at you look at our world. I mean, there's child soldiers that that fight in wars as well, and it's like, what what effect does war really have on people? And I, I think that is is a really important undercurrent to Star Wars, and that's something we haven't seen until now. Yeah. Now I think we're getting more of the bigger picture of Ahsoka, and it really colors in what she really is as a character and what she's thinking how her decision her her decision making comes into play and it's 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 an incredible thing that live action has given us oh yeah definitely and this facebook user right here he says something that i i have totally believed in since the beginning uh even if you aren't naturally gifted in sports you can Outwork someone else that is gifted but doesn't put in the work. Uh, to me, it feels like Filoni may be telling a story where you may not have midichlorian count, force sensitivity, but maybe you can increase your connection to the force. Yep, that's exactly what I was talking about. I mean, perfect example, if you're a sports, which me and David are big sports fans, Brady is a perfect example of a player who is not physically talented, but he uses his mind to help him where he is not doesn't have those abilities in the running and stuff like that. So I really believe that's kind of the same premise, you know, here. Yeah, definitely. Um, also with the last Jedi, there is a theory um, about this, uh, basically the democratization of the force before rise of Skywalker came out. The belief was that yes, it's it's a it's a gained ability to be able to use the force, and that was one of the theories that I really loved. Um, just like the sports thing, when I was younger, I want I loved basketball. I wasn't really good at it, but I had a hoop in my driveway, so I shot every day. Got to the point where I was strong enough to put the ball up in in the hole, and I got strong enough to be able to shoot properly. And I got really good at shooting, and but I, I practiced at it. I practiced every day, um, and I think that's uh, that's uh, kind of the same. I, I I really love that aspect because I mean, you go back to Empire Strikes Back. Yoda says the Force is all around us, it penetrates us, it binds the galaxy together. It's everywhere. So certain people have certain abilities, certain skill levels, certain IQ levels. I mean, this is just another one of those things out there. So I really love that aspect. Yeah. And uh, Darth Blaze is out there uh, saying, plus Filoni was a student of George and worked close to him for so many years. He understands his vision of Star Wars more than anyone else in Disney. Yep. Definitely agree with that. Definitely yep. agree with that. And Darth Blaze also says, go Cowboys. I say the same <laughs> thing. And Darth Blaze on YouTube also says, I think Anakin is fulfilling his prophecy in the afterlife right now and doing the one thing he wanted to always do Save the ones he loved from dying. Wow. I, didn't I like that. Yeah, that. that's yeah, that's pretty cool right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a powerful statement. And yeah, I mean, we the guts of Mortis or whatever you want to call them, right? The beings in Mortis basically said, right, yeah, you're the chosen one, right? Like they 
you know, they uh, clarified any doubt that we still had. Like, no, you you are the chosen one. Now, we still don't know fully what that means, right? Everybody thought it's like, yeah, you know, he's supposed to bring balance. But nobody said, you know, what that balance looked like, right? It might not be True. what the Jedi thought, you know? The Jedi were like, oh, balance is light side, right? Like, there's there's no conflict, right? But is, is that really, you know, a, a balanced, you know, universe when there's only, you know, just peace all the time? Like, if you think about it, there's always two sides of a coin, right? It's, there's got to be. So there always has to be some sort of conflict so that there can be peace. Um, so maybe, you know, Dark Place is on to something here where it's like, hey, you know what? Anakin had to go but real bad, real bad, right? And then come back from it and then pass on to another realm, you know, in order for him to finally be like where he was supposed to be to to fulfill his role as, as the chosen one. So I know there's a lot of... Uh, Theories out there, you know, I talked about it as well, where uh, people are saying, well, maybe Anakin is the new father, right? The new father figure uh, as as the one in Mortis. Like, yeah. maybe he's the one trying to keep everything sort of, you know, as balanced as he can. Um, and maybe that's why he had to show up with Ahsoka. It's like, hey, Ahsoka, you're you're my my light side champion right now, right? Like, you you kind of have to go back, right? And yes, I know the the question is like, well, <laughs> what about Luke, right? Luke is still around. Luke's the most powerful Jedi right now. Like, what's up with him? And unfortunately, I think that's an inherent problem when you're doing storytelling in like a ten year span, right, <laughs> of of the timeline. So you, you try to give you try to give importance to your characters, right? But everybody knows Luke is still out there. Um, we know that. X number of Jedi are probably still out there too, right? So it's kind of hard to say, well, you're our only hope because eh, you're kind of not, right? We know there's somebody else out there. Um, but specifically here, like Dark Place is saying, um, Anakin, of course, cared for Ahsoka deeply, right? So regardless, uh, he will try to help, right? He will try his best to to intervene as much as he can or is allowed to and maybe that's what we saw, right? Maybe that's what, like, hey, you know, hit her with the good, hit her with the bad, and then let her decide, right? Yeah. I mean, because you saw the big difference after that. You saw her change in her, her. I'm, I'm going to speak Spanish, but her modos changed yep. after coming out of the water where she had that smile. She had yeah. the old Ahsoka that she had exactly. when she first came. It, it really like she it was like a change in life like she saw exactly. things differently now and yeah. of course of course that's when we see her in white yeah which is absolutely there you go perfect example yep. yeah, yeah so it it, it kind of made her see things differently and I think now she's not afraid to think outside the box and and take that chance and make the difference now compared to she i feel I like she that. was holding back for a period of time yeah, yeah, absolutely right. I mean, even at the end of the episode when uh, Hu Yang is like, "Hey, are you sure this is gonna work?" and she's like, <laughs> "Not really, but let's go." <laughs> and he's like, "What?" And they just you know blast off. <laughs> so yeah, I like that, and and I know that's something that we brought up uh, during the first four episodes, right? Especially during the first one, honestly. Uh, she was super like like stoic, very like serious, right? I mean, not even a smile, like a smirk, maybe here and there, but. That was about it, right? And I'm like, hey man, like, where's Ahsoka? You know, <laughs> where's <laughs> where's the Ahsoka we know? And then you have like on the the cherry on top of that is that 
Rosario Dawson has a beautiful smile, right? Like as as you know, as a person. And you're like, come on, man, don't don't you know, don't take that away from us. Don't be like that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I mean, it 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 really made made, and that's the thing. Some people didn't like about it. The first couple episodes was yeah. that she wasn't herself. But like David was saying, she was a child of war. I mean, look at our soldiers that are fighting the war now and they come back and they have PTSD. Exactly. You yeah. know, you think about a child having to go through that and having that remnants of seeing, you know, people you fought alongside die. You know, it. I think it, it took a big toll on her and everything that happened to her to trying to survive. I think that Plus, really. Yeah. And, and I think uh, something that we've kind of forgotten because of, you know, episode five. There, there was still something that went on between her and Sabine, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes. There, there was a, still a fallout. There's still the, um, the reason or the happening of why they didn't speak for a few years, apparently, right? So I, I think you know, of course, we got distracted, you know, with all with all the prettiness from <laughs> from episode five. But I'm still on that. I'm like, okay, like, first of all, we we kind of know she already tried to to teach you know sabine before and it didn't work out and and bailey brought it up right on episode four it's like oh your family died on mandalore because your master didn't trust you and i was like whoa 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 like that are we just gonna glance over that and i'm sure we're gonna dive back into it right uh sooner rather than later but that that i think is also part of why uh ahsoka was just kind of you know not not in a very happy mood most of the time. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's gonna be interesting what they go with it. I mean, yeah. going into Tuesday's episode, do you picture that we're gonna get opening scenes gonna take place that where where not Ahsoka's landing, but we're gonna see, you know, Sabine with either in the prisoner in the prison basically being locked up or being with the group the witch and everyone like that so to honestly like this is what i i think we might actually see we might actually see thrawn and ezra arriving to the to the new galaxy okay i can see that you know like that's our introduction to the new galaxy like what we didn't see whatever seven years ago right or, or at the end of rebels so Filoni's and, just gonna have another like all-time episode drop them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like, hey, you guys like that one? Well, I got more. You know? <laughs> uh, so, and I'm not saying the whole episode is gonna be like that, right? Uh, just just a tease, you know, just like a minute, maybe two. Uh, and then, like you said, then we catch up with okay, is Sabine even in prison, right? Like because Balin was like, hey, you, you're coming willingly with us, right? Which I thought that was interesting too. He was very um not not friendly, that's not the word, but like very respectful in a way, right? Uh of her. Uh, because he's like, hey, come with us, not 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 you know, I don't want to drag you. I want you to to join us, right? Like I want you to to be on this journey as well. Like you need this too. Uh, which is something that I love, by the way, on that episode. Uh Balin's becoming my favorite thing on 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 Ahsoka, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um and yes, we we all know that that kind of sucks because we we won't get any more, right? But right. Uh, but still, the 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 character itself, I I really like him. I, I there's something about him, right? Like his demeanor, his even the way he looks, right? Like he's like so, an actual knight. So question: Now, will we actually get not get him back? 
I mean, think about it. Harry Potter, you know, they replaced him with another actor that looks similar to him. Yeah, uh, I'm saying like we the character might. Uh, I don't know, right? If they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna off him at the end of the season. Um, I kind of hope not. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we. What I'm trying to say is we won't get this version, right? Of of uh, right, Bailey. we won't get Ray Stevenson's exactly. natural talent get... in that exactly. character, and, and he's, you know, he's the one that brought it to life initially. Yeah, and his look, and you know his his yeah. mannerisms, all of that stuff. Um, again, I'm not saying there's there's not a, another actor out there that couldn't pull it off. I'm I'm sure there is, but uh, I'm kind of in love with this this iteration, right? Like with this version. Yeah. Same here, man. Same here. So Darth Blaze again on YouTube coming in hot. I think the fallout was because Ahsoka didn't want to go help Sabine's family in the Night of a Thousand Tears, and her whole family died because of it. So that's a pretty good theory. Yeah, that's that's what I thought too. Um, especially again in Episode Four. Sorry, I keep going back to that one. I know you guys talked about it already, but there's <laughs> ramifications, right? Uh, when when Ahsoka says like, "Hey, uh, I think the right thing to do here might be to destroy the map," right? And I'm like, okay, one, that was, you know, uh, a a setup for what happened later, right, with Sabine. And I get that. But I also think that another layer to that was, hey, um, you and I have had differences on what doing the right thing is, right? What sacrifice must be done to achieve the greater good, mm -hmm. right? And so to Dark Blaze's, you know, point here, I'm like, okay, the was this the breaking point, right? Was this Ahsoka saying, hey, I don't know what was going on at the exact same time of, of the Night of the Thousand Tears, right? Maybe an, an attack on another world or something like that, that Ahsoka and Sabine were more needed or, you know, trying to help or I don't know, right? But it could have been a, a scenario where it was kind of like that, right? It's kind of like, hey, I know you want to go help your family, but the right thing to do is to stay here, stay hidden, whatever, right? Like the alternative. And maybe Sabine obviously, like, you know, took her word for it. And then her family ended up maybe massacred, right? So right, that right. was that was the wedge point right there. But yeah, so I I believe there's there's something there, right? For sure. Yeah. I wonder if we might see that in, in the beginning of the Filoni film. I mean, I would that, like that. Because I mean that's that's another Star Warsy thing to leave a huge gap of story and not tell it and just jump forward and it's like oh, yeah. okay so are we gonna get that in animation or are we gonna get that in live action are we gonna get it in a novel comic book I'd rather have it in live action so agreed kind of have the connectivity of it all but we shall see so yeah I'm reading more of the chat here thanks for uh, jumping in the chat by the way everyone on uh, YouTube Facebook and Twitter. So this Facebook user says, I'm not expecting Thrawn and Ezra until episode seven. We don't know. That's kind of the beauty of uh, Disney yeah. Plus. They never give us any on the next episode type things like they used to give us like back in the 90s, it feels like. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. I was I was kind of on the same uh, on the same boat as that. I was like, yeah, we're not going to see Ezra and Thrawn until the last, you know, 27 seconds of the entire season <laughs> or something like that. Uh, but now, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm kind of hopeful we we might see them earlier. Yeah, I've heard a few rumblings. Um, one of the rumblings I heard was episode length. Apparently, it's going to be about... Uh, the rumor is 46 minutes long of actual footage. So, I guess it's nice. not too short, not too long. But it, feel, it feels like it's, it's going to be another big time, possibly 
rumored wise a big time event episode again. I don't know. Might happen, might not happen. And I know Craig referenced a sequence on Mustafar. So the the standing rumor is they shot some of that stuff, Ahsoka and Anakin fighting, but they just cut it out for whatever reason. So unless that's a spoiler for a future episode. That could be. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe they yeah reconfigure the storytelling. I don't, I don't know. So, yeah, I think uh, everyone's hyped Darth Blaze for the uh, future Filoni film. Oh, absolutely. It's um, won't get here fast enough. It's going to be it's going to be a great it, it, it's going to it's going to be like Kathleen Kennedy said. We want to eventize Star Wars again, even though I think Star Wars is already eventized. I mean, for us in our inner circle, I mean, we we feel like the Star Wars shows and, and films are already huge events in our lives. But. That brings up an interesting question now, I think, because we have seen the Battle of Teth. We've seen the Siege of Mandalore in live action. What are your guys' thoughts on doing a live action? I don't want to say remake of the animated, the beloved animated Clone Wars, but have something in the Clone Wars. Maybe there's a story out there that they didn't tell, or maybe they can kind of tell the stories around the previously told stories in animation. What do you guys think? There's a fan poster out there right now. I want to bring that up. If you're watching yep. us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, what do you guys think? I mean, the actors, and this is something I talk about all the time. These actors are young enough to do this without having to do a lot of deep faking. And we don't really know how much of like work they did on Hayden's face to make Anakin look pitch perfect for revenge of the Sith. Right. That we saw because he looked perfect. Um, we don't know what techniques they use, but what do you guys think about this? Because I, I got a lot of flack for this, but what are your guys' opinions, Ray? So, I mean, of course, guys, you remember each of them were always sent in different missions. There was missions with the droids that went on missions. You know, Anakin was on his own mission. Sometimes Ahsoka was on her own missions. There was so many things that we didn't see. I mean, there's possibly, I mean, it, I wouldn't see a reason why we couldn't get maybe missions that, you know, that were not shown, you know, and bought back into live action to fill in maybe some gaps or something. I would definitely love to see that in live action. Cause young Ahsoka, the actress did a great job. Yeah, Obi-Wan's at the it. age. Yeah. Obi-Wan's at the age to fit the character and Anakin's perfect. Rex is perfect. So, I mean, it's all there. It's just give us the story in live action. Yeah, yeah. this, this is a, this is a, um, how do you call it? It's, it's almost, I don't want to say a guaranteed, but slam dunk. it's, it's, it's slam almost dunk a guaranteed, right? Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's almost like, Hey, you want to make a billion? Boom. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Here you go. You want to get subscribers back into Disney plus boom, do this. Right. Every year, give us. It honestly, it doesn't even have to be much because I know those shows are expensive, right? Like, you got, you know, you got tanks, you got ships, you got clones, all of that. Uh, well, if it's a feature length film, I mean, they can spend 200, 300 million on it and be good. Exactly. You know? And, you know, put it out in theaters and make your money back. Oh, my gosh. Just, I think it would kill. I yeah. mean, it would just. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, I, I talked about it after I saw the, uh, the, the flashback uh, sequence, right? I was like, I, I definitely want to see more clones live action, right? We didn't get enough of those, right? If you think about it, 
there's been very, very few actual, you know, uh, not CGI clones on, on the screen, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just Obi-Wan Kenobi in this show, right? Exactly. And this, yeah, exactly. And this is the first one to do it at a at a Clone Wars, let's call it, scale, right? And it looked amazing, right? Like, I mm-hmm. again, I was over the moon. That was probably my favorite my favorite thing. Um, so I'm like, okay, if, if you don't want to do a movie for whatever reason, right? Just, again, do, do a miniseries, right? Uh, but I would say if you're going to do a miniseries, do it more focused. Again, bring it back to the clones, right? That was one thing about the Clone Wars. If you guys remember, some of those early episodes, they really were trying to dive into the clones, right? Like what what they were, what they were thinking, right? And then it kind of got a little bit jumbled with, you know, more of the Jedi, more of Grievous, more of Dooku, all of that stuff. And then in the later seasons, they came back to the clones with Fives, with with uh, 99, all of that, right? So I always enjoyed that because that definitely gave an added layer to to the clones, right? Which in the movies, they were just cannon fodder, honestly. Like, you know, two of them had a name and that was it, you know? And then they were, you know, being blasted left and right. Yeah. Um, but in the Clone Wars, right, and then subsequent, um, um, I guess, episodes when they show up, you care a lot more about them. So... I would like to see first of all battles, obviously, with clones, right? Like sort of like what we saw on the um on the flashbacks, and then make it about them, you know, make it make it really about the, the troopers. So there's there is a lot, a lot of, of uh stories that can be told. And uh just to touch up on this Facebook user, I was so hopeful for uh for the Kenobi show, right? Yeah, I was like meant, I I think I mentioned yeah. <sighs> I, I just need seven seconds of Quinlan Boss. That's it. That's that's all I needed, right? And I got, you know, I got three seconds of them saying his name. And I was like, okay, here we go. Flashback. No. All right. Well, I'll, I'll take what I can get. But, yeah. you know, at least there was confirmation he was alive up to that point, right, in the story, yeah. which is more than we've ever had. Or not the, ever, but uh, in the last, you know, God, like six years or something. And so um, I'm right there with you. I, I still want to see a live action Quinlan Voss. Yeah, no, I can see what you're saying, on you know, the live action part of it. Because a lot of people, Kenobi, I thought was good. Some people didn't like it. I liked it. Because if you, yeah, I did too. I mean, if you, if you, if you really stop and think, when we get the new hope, yeah, we hear about Kenobi when he's looking for him. And, at that point, you get a remnant that Kenobi knows who he is. We know he, now if we go back and analyze everything that we've watched and everything that we have learned, we know now he's been on that planet watching over him this whole time. You know what I mean? Because we get a, a, a taste of it in Obi-Wan where he he was watching over Leia to a certain extent and kind of looking at Luke and you know giving him the ship how he's always still been a part of their lives in someone one way or another without really kind of getting in there. But in new hope, we didn't get that. We just got that. Okay. You know, he knew who Vader was. He knew the dark side and all that. But I think with Obi-Wan, we're kind of getting that filling in the holes to a certain extent. Now the story, some people probably would want the story to be a little bit better and focused on other things. But I liked where it went because we got to see Leia how 
she developed from where she was at to where she gets to the, you know, the cockiness, the, the, the wittiness where you can tell she has some, you can see she has early remnants of the force where she can, it's portrayed, it comes out differently, but you can see it in her, you know what I mean? Early stages. Yeah. But I mean, I still want to see more of that, you know, but I don't know where they would go if we're going to get a season two of Obi-Wan. Oh, I know exactly where they're going to go. Where they're going to go. Liam Neeson's got the Force Ghost in that training, <laughs> Obi-Wan completing that training, yeah. teaching him how to be a Force Ghost. And then, parallel to it, have a Vader storyline where he's hunting down the rest of the remaining living Jedi oh, dude, from Order 66. And Vader in his prime, and him reconciling the fact that he's stuck in this mechanical lung and then having dreams about what his life would have been with natalie portman playing padme on naboo i mean you could have a whole naboo sequence i mean it could be a dream sequence thing and not really count in the canon but there's so much you can do oh yeah that was my pitch to lucas film right there yeah for me if you're listening (laughs) yeah i was gonna say just do it like you just did with ahsoka right like in the world between worlds like sequence and maybe reverse reverse the uh, the characters or uh, the positions a little bit, right? Uh, Vader slash Anakin being the the um, the one to about to go on a on a you know dream sequence trip, and maybe Obi Wan being the one leading him, right? Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot that could be done, obviously. Um, but um, yeah, I um, again with. With all the shakiness of the projects, you know, for Star Wars, not, okay, not just for Star Wars, but let's focus on Star Wars. Um, going on, I would think that this is like, hey man, you know what? Let's just get a bunch of clones. Let's get a bunch of Jedi's. Let's you know film them all in the volume. Let's throw all the money at it and let's put it out there, right? I, it's like there's not even gonna be a story. It's just gonna be like an hour and a half of a battle, and we're just gonna put it up there with some awesome, you know, music. And it's going to be in theaters and we're going to make $2 billion. Like, that's it. <laughs> you know, for these for the old guys out there, I'm including myself in that. <laughs> we heard about the Clone Wars back in the 70s. I wasn't yeah. alive in the 70s. I was born in 81. But when I heard about it, that was the first ever time I heard the word clone. And I was like, what does that mean? And then when you found out about that, that was before cloning in reality, actually really started. It was right. maybe like a decade or two, or a decade, I guess, cloning. Because I remember when they cloned Dolly the Sheep yeah, back in the early 90s or mid-90s. Yeah, And then all these references. I remember watching CNN, and they played Alec Guinness talking about the Clone Wars. And the anchor said, oh, you may have heard it in Star Wars, but now it's becoming a reality. And I'm like, wow, they're referencing Star Wars for clones. <laughs> but... Yeah, and see, I used to dream about the Clone Wars. I came up with my own storyline because we didn't have Lucas decided to take that huge break in the in the late eighties, nineties, and my my vision of the clones was they cloned Mandalorians, so we had a bunch of Boba Fett looking guys. So it kind of happened that way a little bit. Um, they used okay. the same actor, but um, my my vision was they took Mando uh, Mando clones and and used those and those are rolled into the future stormtroopers. Um, but yeah, um, there's a lot they can do. Um, and it is unstable right now. 
And I always talk about having someone at Lucasfilm having the pulse on the fandom. The fandom wants specific things. You can easily give it to them, I think. Um, but uh, there's an aspect of the whole thing, I think, that they're trying to do with the storytelling. Is, is it appropriate? Do they want to do it? And I think there's an unwritten rule where they don't touch stuff that they've already done in other media, like comics and video games. They don't want to recreate it, which... I really want them to break that rule. Yeah, I was going to say. I think it'd yeah. be fantastic if you drop a movie simply titled Clone Wars. That's going to bring in all the fans, all the ages, all the old guys. They're going to come back and be like, "Well, they hope, oh, hey, it's it's Obi Wan Kenobi. That's what he talked about. Let's see," and they can kind of flesh that out in live action. And I mean, it's it's that whole have your cake and eat it too thing. I mean, you can. Yeah. Do it all and and kind of reintroduce. Hey, look, this is what we're doing. This ties into everything. All the animation, all the TV shows. Hayden's back, and Hayden's acting. He he knocked out of the park, man. That just showed oh, yeah. what what truly he was a great actor. And I was always on Hayden's side back in the day. I'm like, this guy's great. And then of course, when we got the prequels, people criticize his acting ability. And it's like, no, you don't understand. He's he's a great actor. It was just the material, I think, the direction from Lucas that he got. It didn't it didn't allow him to shine, you know? Yeah. But but this last episode, man, I mean, incredible. Well, I mean, you think about it, you just mentioned it again, going back to the whole Clone Wars. You think about it, we got the 501st. We've got all these troops. We got the squadrons. I mean, there could be stories, you know, focusing like let's say we get eight episodes, right? focused on like okay we got bad batch currently right where it's focused on you know the 99s you know if we get the story like focused on different groups and they're on missions like i forgot what episode it was where there was that one jedi with the multiple hands who treated the troopers like if they were nothing like they they were just expendable they didn't oh yeah you yeah, know what i mean Crow. yeah so what if we were to get more episodes like that of the clone wars on missions with jedis like that and little stories you know what i mean with the clone wars and troopers and jedis and then maybe get an anakin coming in to save them or you know some type of thing like that with the clone wars because if you think about it when i grew up i just knew stormtroopers as stormtroopers they're just soldiers with helmets and that's it. Watching Clone Wars, the cartoon series and everything, and then leading up to Star Wars Rebels, you got to see they gave you more of a backstory on the clone troopers. They actually made you care about these troopers, you know what I mean? To them, and it was kind of weird, like it was kind of like political to a certain extent as well where they were making it seem like towards the end of Clone Wars where they were just expendable. They were just, they were just, they just belong to the government. They, the government. they could do whatever they wanted with them. And at the end, they were fighting to give them like pension plans so they can go and live on their own. And you know what I mean? After the Clone Wars and all that, that really hit home. I mean, seeing that these guys were actually people and, you know, it made you see them a different light than, you know, Star Wars in general with troopers. I don't know. That's just me, how I felt, how I took it when I saw it. But it made me care about the troopers more. 
the clone troopers. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think man, Lucas is it just adds to George Lucas's genius to to kind of think of having clones and then address the fact that yeah, I mean, how would they be treated? What are the ramifications on those individuals that are indeed clones? But I mean, they're still individuals simultaneously. So yeah. I think that would be a good exploration of of that aspect of and that kind of morality of should we clone people too i mean that's yeah. that's on the table as well so yeah, yeah star wars star wars is everything and that just kind of adds to it um but yeah so there's other big news that dropped uh that i do want to talk about of course and i think this is going to be successful but then again you think about what happened with solo um Donald Glover, of course, portrayed Lando. I think he was kind of like the character that kind of stood out the most. And people said, yeah, 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 that's Lando right there. That's the perfect guy to play Lando. A lot like how they, what they said about Ewan McGregor in the prequels. Yeah, that's Obi-Wan. Yeah. That's, we want to bring him back. So there was a lot of hype around it. But of course, a lot of time in between the prequels and the Obi-Wan show. But of course, now it appears that after they made the announcement of a Lando series on the investor call uh, where they talked about all the future projects. And then of course we've got more projects dropped on us at Star Wars Celebration Europe 2023. It appears now that the co-writer who is Donald Glover's brother named Stephen Glover went on the podcast and basically said that we're not doing a Lando show anymore. We're writing a Lando film. And, of course, Donald Glover is going to star. And, of course, Donald Glover is a huge star. He's done Marvel. He's done TV shows on NBC. He's written on TV shows. Uh, he signed a huge deal, a lot like what Ryan Johnson did with Netflix, but he signed it with Amazon for, I think, hundreds of millions of dollars to, to work exclusively with them on specific shows. I think there's probably wording in that where he could actually still do Lando because I think that's that's one of those things where, I mean, if he has a popular show on Disney, it's just going to raise the profile of his other projects on other networks and streaming services. So he's going to be Lando. But, of course, we all know that Disney, Lucasfilm, has his track record now of telling us things and then it changes. We lose directors. We lose actors. We lose... Um, whatever. And it's kind of one of those things you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. I love the character of Lando. That character is interwoven into a lot of aspects of major Star Wars plot points and characters that we know and love. Donald Glover knocked it out of the park in Solo, um, especially doing the, the Calrissian Chronicles. You could do a whole show about that. But of course, there's going to be a film what do you think, guys, about the proposition of a Lando film? Do you think it will be somewhere around solo box office? Do you think it's going to make sequel trilogy box office somewhere between? What do you think, General Kenobi? I don't know, man. Um, I was actually a lot more excited about the idea of a show centered around Lando just because, obviously, it gives us a lot more breathing room. And you you've hit it you know the nail on the head by saying that it's one of those characters that it's it's very much interwoven right into into what Star Wars is uh, what we know 
And uh, again, he did a really good job on, on solo. I, you know, I, honestly, no complaints, right? Um, and so when they said, oh, no, it's, it's going to be a movie, I'm like, okay, that, you know, that somebody pulled the plug on the TV show and, you know, damage control was, hey, let's, let's tell them they're going to make a movie, right? Um, so is this, you know, the, what, what do they call it? Like the consolation price, you know? Well, and... I think it kind of goes back to them saying, Bob Iger saying they're going to pull back on the shows, do more films and try and actually make money because Disney plus has kind of plateaued with the revenue yeah, no stream. Kidding. Yeah. So it's like, it... which is yeah. a welcome thing. I think we all want star Wars films. But... Yeah. Um, it's just in the overall, how can I say it? The, the movie projects are not looking very healthy right now, right? Overall. So that's what scares me a little bit. Um, I I get it. You know, yes, I think it's, you know, you could call it even a good sound decision to go back to more movies, more Star Wars movies. Uh, the return of as many has always, you know, historically been better uh, with, with those properties like that um, when presented in theaters. But that's what I'm saying. I Knowing that a lot of those projects are now some of them even just quietly going away, right? Like just not being talked about anymore. <laughs> yeah. Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Exactly. Of the New Republic. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. So that's, that's the only thing that, that scares me. I'm all for, I'm all for, sorry, a Lando movie. Right. Uh, especially, you know, with these guys involved. Um, I think, you know, they, they, they like the character. I think they, they know it well by now. Um, so I am confident in their ability to produce a fun story and true to the character. Again, my fear comes from everything around them <laughs> when it comes to, you know, the studio, the money, um, the creative, right? Um, uh, how can I say it? the, the, how much of a creative room they're going to leave them, you know, uh, for the story. So I I totally believe in Donald Glover and Stephen Glover writing yeah. this. I think they're super creative. If you watch Atlanta, it's an incredible show. Um, I have no worries about that. Uh, Agreed. But it's like, has there been too much damage uh, mm -hmm. for the general audiences thinking, okay, well, we didn't, we didn't, I'm, but, but I mean, there's a lot of baggage with that, with the whole solo thing, because it was like six months after The Last Jedi. And some people say that, well, I mean, that hurt Solo, and then they released it in May, next to Infinity War, Deadpool 2. So yeah. then the box office really suffered when Disney firmly planted their flag in December for Christmas time. That's Star Wars time now, guys. And then if they would have maybe just moved it to Christmas time, maybe would have done way better because you, you get that added family revenue that yeah. they didn't really get during the summer. And I mean, maybe if they pushed to June too, when everyone was out of school, maybe. But right. to me, it feels like Star Wars is a family franchise, and it would have it would have done better. But Ray, what do you think? I mean, I could see them doing Lando, like you said, movie wise. You're kind of don't get me wrong. Glover's great at what he does, you know, his music and everything. But when you do a movie, you're taking a bigger risk because you got a bigger budget. Now you got to make what you you spent on the movie plus perfect example we use Blue Beetle. You know, yeah, right now it's global worldwide. It's made 114,000 is what they're stating. 
They spent 104. 114 million, right? Not thousand. Oh, sorry. <laughs> million, yeah. That'd be really bad. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So you factor that in. So now that's going to put it on borderline. Well, it didn't make all what we wanted. Are we going to invest in another movie? Or, you know what I mean? So when compared to a TV show, your budget may be a little bit less. You risk a little bit more loss. You, you know, not as much compared to an actual movie. Because then you're going to be limited to what you can use special effects wise and vice versa. It's kind of hard, man, especially right now with the writer strike and everything going on, the actor strike. Now we're having the gaming strike that's going to be probably coming on pretty soon with the voice actors. I think this is going to really hurt the industry in the long run. You know what I mean? I think we're going to be behind on movies and TV shows for at least a year to two. That's horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been since 2019 now that we've got a Star Wars film, which yeah. is really unacceptable. Yeah. That makes no sense to me. It's like we should probably have a movie, if not every year, every two to three years. I mean, every two years, I think that's that's probably the way you want to do it. Um, but this is our reality. So. I'm all for it. I'm just scared of the box office, guys. I'm scared that they don't make the kind of money that they're expecting. And then they're like, no, we're not going to do any more projects. Exactly. Like Which it might be good and bad because it might course correct them and be like, well, hey, let's, let's, let's look at what the fans want. It's like finally they, they look at like, like we just said, a Clone Wars film, a Darth Vader TV show or film where you can have Ewan McGregor and it, it doesn't have to be totally a Vader film that you don't, it feels like Hayden Christensen is back in the family in a big way. Yep. And he's going to be doing more stuff. He'll probably reappear in this show. Hopefully um, he has a lot to do. They, he wore the Vader suit, I believe on the set of Ahsoka. So that was him walking in the suit. The only criticism I kind of had was I kind of wish Vader in the suit fought to soak in the world. Right. I thought, really cool. I thought the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, it, that was a great shot. And, and people are saying, Oh man, that was an iconic shot, even though it's man, it's so brief, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's Vader right there. And ah, man, that'd be a, that'd be a huge shot in the arm for star Wars fans. I, to me, yeah. I, I always talk about putting on my, putting on my hat of uh if i ran lucasfilm what would i do that's exactly <laughs> what i do i give the fans essentially what they've been kind of wanting um and i think there's a lot of stuff they can do beforehand is donna the jedi stuff i think it's still too early to give that to us this decade um i think we can wait on that um take advantage of all the actors that are young enough to portray the beloved roles that they solidified in the fandom i mean knocked out all out first and then start your brand new, let's go to a different galaxy, brand, brand new flora, fauna, characters, planets, galaxies, and then you can branch out. But there's a lot of stuff you can still mine. And um, I kind of see what Lucasfilm is trying to do, kind of like diver diversify stuff. But it, it, it just kind of always seems like they make, they, they go two steps forward, take one step back take two steps back one step forward it's it's never just like see it all the way through and i think that's why you get fans clamoring for feloni to just take over star wars and have and be the emperor basically of star wars so 
don't know. So I'm going to throw this out there. So, you know, between New Hope and Return of the Jedi, we technically shouldn't Vader have had an apprentice during that time frame? You know what I mean? That he was training or working for. He did. His name was Starkiller. (laughs) Well, that's (laughs) where I was freaking the head to is that. His name was Galen Merrick. Why can't we get to that point right now where we you could fill it? You fill in those gaps where, like you know, Sam Whitworth was saying, you would have to fill it in, introduce it to get it to 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 go in to fall into line. Filoni, if you're listening, Disney, if you're listening. Just what if you get those gaps? You know what I mean. We get a movie that is in between, you know, New Hope. Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, where we see Vader working with Starkiller, trading them, sending them on missions with troopers to do certain things, leading up to after Vader dies and Starkiller's, you know, I say in hiding, but he's doing all Yeah, hibernating, basically, yeah. And then comes back later down the line currently. You know what I mean? Where he comes out, you know, because we're seeing remnants of Jedi's who weren't hiding before, who are slowly coming out. That Order sixty six didn't wipe out all the Jedi like we thought we it did. So why can't you fill that gap with that? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that could be a plot point of the Obi Wan Vader show idea that I have. Obi Wan season two, you could do it. I mean, it'd be great. Sam yeah. Whitworth's right there too. I mean, he's available. He's a working actor. He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, no kidding. And and Ray uh, pointed out a story beforehand that uh, Sam Whitworth has come out and said that he is involved in Ahsoka. We all saw the credits where he was under additional voices for Ahsoka, and then of course everyone's like, "Oh, he's Merrick or Maroc." Um, of course, that probably wasn't true, but. Um, yeah, I mean he's he's really in the family. He's always doing Star Wars stuff, doing voices. Him, he's alongside Matthew Wood. He's a in case you don't know, Sam Whitwer knows a lot about Star Wars. Um I've seen him play yeah, trivia and it's it's ridiculous. Like he's down to like the syllable in dialogue in Star Wars. It's kind of frightening. But um Yeah, that's that's Lando. I hope it goes over well. I hope it happens. But of course, with the actors, writers strike, everything's going to be pushed out. The latest I'm hearing about that is that it might not be resolved, I think, optimistically until January, which next year, that's that's not the best thing. But I hope it does get resolved over time. It, it's to, For me right now with this writer's actor strike, it's going to have to really hurt the studios before they actually make a deal. That's that's when a deal is going to happen. And I think if the studios had a little bit of foresight, they would probably get ahead of that and just kind of negotiate, come to terms. And there's all kinds of stories about out there with infighting with the studios and they tried to come together, but that didn't work. And I mean, it's it's all kind of a mess right now, but uh, there's no real end in sight to those strikes. Um, hopefully to get that resolution um soon but uh someone i think that really uh doesn't mind it right now is taika waititi he hasn't even written a script yet yeah <laughs> and he technically can't write it because there's a writer strike there's, yeah i was gonna say <laughs> he's he's using that as an excuse you know 
Yeah, yeah. Man, Tyka, it was announced, of course, during the investor call that Kathleen Kennedy stated that Taika Waititi is going to do a brand new Star Wars film. Taika vibes, Taika sensibilities, all that stuff. It's been two, three years, and he was at some like awards ceremony or something, and I think he was talking about Sean Levy, who's also set to do a Star Wars film or something, um, who we all know from uh, helping produce Stranger Things. And of course, we're going to get a Stranger Things type of show with Skeleton Crew. But he's the hot name right now. And that's what Lucasfilm loves to do is get the hot names on projects and then they might disappear later. But he made the joke in front of everyone, in front of the whole world that, hey, I hope uh, Sean Levy has uh, started writing his film, his Star Wars film, because I haven't. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man. <laughs> I would really love to see a Taika film in Star Wars be something totally aside from what everything we've seen out maybe even outside of canon i don't know but on a different galaxy different planet maybe it connects to nothing but it would be cool he is talented uh he's a great writer uh no matter what you think about thor love and thunder um <laughs> a lot of people criticized it i thought it was okay I, I i thought it was i thought it was a little bit better than okay but um what, what are you guys feelings on uh Taika making this announcement that he hasn't even written it yet. Well, he we said it jokingly, right? But I mean, the dude is busy, right? And oh yeah, he's extremely so, busy. Yeah, so maybe he's like, you know what? I'm gonna wait a little bit till till the waters, you know, settle a little bit more <laughs> before I put any like real effort and time into this. Um, I'm sure he's all for you know being in Star Wars, but again, as things are looking up. Uh, in the near future, at least, uh, that that might not be the smartest investment of his time, and you know, uh, yeah, his his uh, talent, let's call it. Yeah. So maybe he's just like, you know what? I'm just gonna bid my time. You know, uh, I'm gonna wait for a year or so till everything gets resolved, till Disney come back and tells me, yeah, I know we still want to do it. Here's some money. You know, please go write it. Um, mm. I don't know. Maybe, like I said, I I kind of feel that you know the projects are losing credibility because of you know again projects have been scrapped projects have been delayed right and yes i understand not everything is disney's fault right not not 100 but honestly man i mean most of it kind of is so i agree if, if i'm a if i am a working right a you know I'm, I'm the hot name in hollywood right now i'm like hey i i can afford you know to uh to wait for a callback, right? I, I can I can go out and do twenty other projects, you know, before I I circle back to Star Wars, you know. So I don't know. Maybe maybe that's what's going through his head. Um, I agree. I want to see something from him in the Star Wars universe. And uh, you bring you bring up a good point. I think he would be very fun if he's untethered, right? Like uh, <laughs> you you're not gonna have a Skywalker, not at least not one that we know, right? Uh, if they just tell him, "Hey, go play," right, and, and they really let him, oh man, I I think, I think that's play. the thing that they they said, "Go play," and he hasn't played. Why did he play? Yeah. yeah, well, because uh, you know, Disney's yeah, been handing busy. out. Well, Disney's been handing out, you know, Star Wars projects for the last three years, and for the last two, they've been like, "Hey, just kidding!" Like we're just gonna take this one away, and we're gonna 
snuff this one out and uh, oh you guys remember about this one no that's not longer happening so scrap that so that's what i'm saying he's you know he's not hurting for work at all <laughs> so uh yeah, yeah he's loving life man yeah he's loving life yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, just look at the picture. I mean, he's smiling and everything, exactly. laughing and yeah, everything, he's, joking he's on the good, red carpets. Man. Yeah, yeah. He's so yeah, yeah. just happy and living the life. I mean, this is—I think this was his dream, and he, oh, yeah, he made it out of New Zealand and with his buddies. And yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's. So Ray, what do you think about Taika's situation? I I agree with uh, John Kenobi. I think he's sitting on it. He's waiting because you think about it. When you put a script together, you don't just write it overnight. It's going to take you about at least a month or two just to get your drafts. Then you got to start going, putting in the stuff. Then you you got to factor in. Once you've got that down, you got to submit it to the, the higher execs. They look it over. Not really. They look it over. The, the, the people below them look it over and stuff, and they start saying, oh, maybe you need to change this, change that. You know what I mean? when he could be using his time on actually working on stuff that could be used currently, you know, um, I really see that that's probably what he's doing, you know, using his time on other things, even though technically they're not supposed to be writing because of the writer strike and stuff. Um, but I can see him doing, I can't remember all the, the series off the top of my head, but it's the series that's after clone wars. Um, it follows a group of, um, I was, I don't say teenagers, but they're on that ship and it's kind of like pod racing, but they're, they're racing. Oh, uh, resistance. Oh, yeah. Resistance. resistance. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Do you guys watch that one? Yeah, I did. Okay. It was good. I liked it. I liked the, the premise of it and everything. I can see him doing something off the, that nature. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I the, that. the comedic, the, the back and yeah. forth between the characters and stuff like that. I can yeah. see him doing that kind of movie, you know, but that's just my opinion. No, you're right. And it, it was his own like little microcosm, right? Like, like his yeah. own like micro universe. It was very much set in the Star Wars universe in the sequel, right? Uh, timeline and all of that. So that was all still going on, but you're right. Like they were so, um, I don't know if isolated is the right word, but yeah, they were like their own little world, right? Like in that yeah. platform. And yeah. it was like its own little society and its own little problems. So yeah, maybe maybe they can put him in a bubble like that, right? And tell him, okay, this is your universe now. These are your characters to build off of. Yeah. These are your, you know, create. I mean, because that one character you created for Thor: Love and Thunder, I like Korg. that character, Cork. People don't like him, you know, but I liked him. He was freaking hilarious. Oh yeah, I like Cork. Yeah, but that's my opinion. Do you think he would put himself in the movie and uh, have a New Zealand Kiwi accent as well? Just like Cork? Well, <laughs> there's not? some characters. Yeah, I mean, there's characters in that series that I can see him possibly portraying one of those characters and giving his accent to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I could see that happening. Even you reminded me right there on the that resistance character, the uh, the mechanic. What's his name? The... Yes, that guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know somebody. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. can see him doing him. Mm. I'm forgetting his name, but anyway, he would be like completely up of uh, uh, Taika Watiti's alley. Like that's that would be him. I can totally see him doing that. Yeah, is that the character that looks kind of like an Ugna almost? Uh, no, the other one, the one that was in a uh, Cass's uh, crew, um, the one that worked on the Fireball. 
Oh, man. I don't remember anymore. What's his name? He was humanoid too, like about the same height and everything. Uh, but okay. he was very like matter of fact, like speaking, you know, like, uh, yeah. But anyway, that I can see a type of character like that. Uh, and yeah. hey, man, if, if Bill Burke can do, you know, space Boston accent, like <laughs> Taika Waititi can do. Did he? <laughs> I thought he kind of did, no? At least on that first one. A little bit. It was, yeah, I, I thought so. I thought so. There was, there was a few there. Hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, why not, right? I mean, Dave, we've gotten all kinds of accents in. <laughs> yeah, and Cassian has the Mexican accent, right? Yeah, exactly, right. So why not? But that yeah. that gets a pass, so. <laughs> yeah, I'll allow it. Yeah, definitely. Star Wars stuff, stamp of approval. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's interesting times right now. Hopefully, the Taika thing <laughs> happens eventually. But I mean, there's like. There's like six films or something that are either going to happen or said to be shelved. It's the Dawn of the Jedi film with James Bangold, Daisy Ridley, um, Rogue Squadron, which is shelved. And I don't think Patty Jenkins is going to touch it. Um, we have the Filoni movie, which we all, we're all pretty sure that's going to happen. Um, yeah. Just the question is when. And then the third film is. What's the third film? They announced that celebration. Uh, I think you. So you said the Dawn of the Jedi. Yeah, Dawn of the Jedi, Filoni, and uh, the one with Ray. Um, oh yeah, the one with Ray. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I I lumped them together. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the one with Ray, directed by uh, Obeid Chinoy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have those three, and then of course the Taika film, the Sean Levy film, and the Lando film. That's six films. Um, and then the shelf stuff, Rogue Squadron. So there's a lot of stuff out there, but of course with the writers actor strike, no one in sight really. Um, we have no idea. I hope it doesn't push them out to the very, very end of the decade. That would be yeah so depressing. But um so this and, I, and I hope they don't do the thing where they're like, we need to like hightail it to, to the theater and it doesn't it's like half baked. Exactly. And yeah, that's that's, what I'm that would be the worst thing. And of course, I think they're still, of course, and they should be all about making money, but there's a way to do it correctly. And um, just rushing the stuff is, is not the way to go. So, I, I this popped in my head with uh, Taika. What if you were to do a Rogue Squadron kind of bad news bears kind of movie where it's kind of like. Um, I say bad batch, but it's where those um, I forgot what what episode it was, where you had the troopers that were misfits, but because they all had their own attitudes and they they were weren't passing to be yeah, troopers. Yeah, I, I think that's the idea of having very individualized pilots in that rogue squadron. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I could see Taika doing a movie like that with Rogue Squadron. That would be. I think would be pretty cool. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you if you watch that episode and you guys didn't watch Clone Wars, uh, no, is it Clone Wars or Rebels? When we see those troopers, I think when it was they're Clone mis- Wars, Clone Wars, yeah. So when if you didn't see that, you know they're a group of kids that are are not kids but troopers, you know who have their own style and their attitudes get in the way of who you know, doing their job. 
and eventually work together and become a team. You know, that I would definitely like to see that in a Rogue Squadron movie. Yep. <laughs> Half Baked was a great movie. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a good movie too. They got to bring part two. Yeah, speaking of uh, being fully baked, I think that's it for our news coverage there. Um, other than that, yeah, um, episode six will be out Tuesday night. Uh, we're expecting something great. Uh, I think Kenobi put uh, gave us a heads up. Um, <laughs> late to the party <laughs> thinks that uh, we think that Thrawn and Ezra are coming in hot in the next episode. At least Thrawn might. Maybe Ezra sure. shows up at the end. So did you guys see, I know Kenobi probably saw this, but they already made a figure of live action Ezra as a black right. series. And it looks like the actor that portrays him. So right. that kind of tells me that we might see Ezra in a little bit more action than just that. Yeah, hologram. I mean, I, yeah, exactly. I, I, we kind of have to write at this point, honestly. Yeah. Um, and and again, you know, it, it's going to be maybe not exactly what we think. Like I said, I'm I'm hopeful that Next episode is just boom, flashback, thrown Ezra, projected into the new, you know, uh, galaxy, disoriented, trying to learn who's who or what is what. And then that's it, right? Then yeah. you don't give us any more. <laughs> not not for not for maybe a couple of episodes. Uh and we focus back on on um on Elsbeth and Ahsoka doing the same thing, right? Arriving, maybe not really knowing what's what's going on or who to talk to and i don't know maybe we see the difference between the flashback and now right like maybe maybe thrawn freaking took over already i don't know you know i mean he's he's one smart dude so um so it's i don't know that's i'm i'm hopeful right i mean that's what i would love to see um and i think that would just you know get the excitement level even even higher if that's even possible um because they're like okay the way the way i see it is this Episode five gave us what we wanted for a long time, right? So I think now Phil is like, okay, you guys, you know, here's your cake. You ate it already. Now let me show you this new cake that I'm baking over here. Let right? me give you the buffet. Exactly. Let me let me just give you a little tease, right? Let me wet your palate right here uh, with what's next to come, right? And what I'm saying next is not even just in the Ahsoka show, right? Probably, you know, it's going to touch on Mando. It's going to touch on his movie. You know, like this is this won't be over just within the next uh, uh, three episodes of Ahsoka, right? Uh, this is just exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So it's, it's, uh, I still think there's going to be a moment like that, you know, uh, in the next episode or two. So looking forward to it. Absolutely. So you think Ahsoka hasn't peaked yet? You think we're going to get some other big so, all-time episodes? I think... Let me let me put it this way. I think we've peaked in terms of what the fans wanted. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think now, and this is what I'm excited for. I think now it's time for what the fans don't know we wanted, right? So right. I'm I'm kind of hopeful to go, okay. You you gave you gave us everything we've wanted for the past, you know, 10 years, right? In live action. Check mark, right? But I'm like, okay. Instead of saying, "Hey, I, I want to see now," I want to see Anakin, you know, fighting Mace Windu and Obi Wan yelling at them. Like, no, let's let's move on. Okay, like we're good. We, we got what we wanted. Okay, now show me a little bit of what you're thinking. Right, might be the next big thing. Like what you're again, what you're cooking, right? Uh, what you're cooking up as as the new 
as the new galaxy, maybe new characters, aliens. I don't know. That's that's why I'm a little bit, you know, more excited about that, like for the coming episode. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. So we just have a few, a couple more days and yeah. uh, we will be there. And of course, we're going to do a pre-show and a post-show. And uh, those have all been doing great. Thank you so much for everyone that's listening and watching on YouTube. Of course, we also uh, announced our big HasLab Ghost giveaway. So Ooh. one lucky person will win this. I know uh, General Kenobi is trying to put in all of his his entries. Hey, let me put it to you this way. You'll save a lot on shipping, okay? So just, <laughs> you just drive it over. I'll go pick it up. How's that? That's fine. I'll be nice like that, okay? So, yeah, here's the thing a lot of people don't know about this giveaway. So, each one of these HasLab ghosts costs $4.99. That's just the the price that they tell you. But they don't tell you the cost of the taxes and the cost mm -hmm. of the shipping. So, when you add it all together, this is a $700 toy, essentially. Yep. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's the, one of the biggest HasLab projects they've done. Bigger than my Razor Crest that's behind my head. I know it's far back, but it's that's a huge ship. I mean, look at Rosario Dawson's head in comparison. And that's a one-to-one -one scale Rosario Dawson. So, yeah. So, And, of course, enter. Go to our Instagram, uh, Star Stuff Podcast. Uh, tag three people in the comments for that post. And also subscribe to our YouTube. You're automatically entered. Everyone on Patreon is automatically entered. They're going to have entries. Um, so... There's that. Uh, also, I wanted to bring this up too, and um, I don't know if I forgot this or just never knew about it, but there was an actress uh, that passed away back in 2020 who portrayed the Deveronian in A New Hope back in 1976. And I had no idea it was, it was a female actress that portrayed that character. It kind of blew me away. Penny McCarthy was her name. Did you guys have any idea? Did you guys know about her story? No, I did not know that. No, uh, I I vaguely remember seeing you know something about her, but def definitely would, did not know that she had passed on again three years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, during the the height of COVID, there. Yeah. So yeah, I just want to recognize her. I mean, I I don't recall ever knowing this information, and. When you go back to the cantina and look back at the stories of the people who played certain characters, some of those people, some of those actors in the cantina were really kind of lost actors. They couldn't track them back down once the popularity, of course, hit with Star Wars. And then the years go by and then it's like, well, let's get these people back together. And they couldn't find some of these specific actors. And um, and then, of course, you hear the stories about like the Doctor Who suit, the space suit that was used. And um the uh, the sisters at the bar too. I think it took a while for them to track them down as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was very interesting. That's something I didn't know. Something I had no idea. And also, uh, Rancho Obi Wan. Are you guys familiar with Rancho Obi Wan? Steve so, Sansweet. Yeah. If you're not, yeah, Steve Sansweet. I learned about Steve Sansweet back in the late '90s when I was going and uh, checking out stories behind the prequels. And uh, he actually worked for Lucasfilm then. And I believe he had an article on the official website, but he made a post about this, uh, this poster here. So this is an actual poster that was handed out to uh, cast and crew. And there was a post on Facebook about it. 
And it states, uh, this is a very limited edition cast and crew poster for the Jedi episode of The Mandalorian Chapter 13 that introduced Rosario Dawson as the live-action Ahsoka. The art was done by Dave Filoni using a Japanese sumi brush, and we're honored to have it in our museum. So if you ever want to go check out Rancho Obi-Wan in Petaluma, California, you got to make a reservation. It's the largest collection of Star Wars memorabilia in the world. It's been recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records. And Steve Sansweet, he goes to every celebration. Pretty yeah. cool guy. I took a picture with him finally back in 2022 at our hotel nice. in Anaheim. And I got to meet him there for the first time. So, Also on our Patreon, if you are a member of the Purple Tier and above, uh, I put out an hour stories with uh, Brian Ward. Uh, that name, that's him right there. That's his uh, Twitter pick. I know it's kind of superimposed there, but he is uh, someone that is a uh, designer, an illustrator. He works with a bunch of podcasts to do their graphics and art. You've probably seen them if you've seen other podcasters. And uh, he's a really big Star Wars fan. 2022, I believe, was his first Star Wars celebration. And we kind of talk about that a little bit and just talk about his fandom overall. And that's out on Patreon right now. And we just uploaded a recent commentary of uh, Clone Wars, three episodes, with Colin, Star, Cap, Christian, Josh, and Hunter. So that's out there right now for you guys to enjoy. And also a few uh, Patreon daily podcast episodes that James and I recorded. And I recorded a solo one, actually, too. So you can check that out as well. So, yeah, that's pretty much it, guys, for this episode. Uh, is there anything, Ray, Kenobi, you wanted to add? No, man. Good. I know uh, Kenobi has a very successful YouTube channel. And uh, you want to tell the, the people where they can find that? I don't know about that. But yeah, uh, so check us over on YouTube, over on General Kenobi's Bunker. Uh, we are also over on Instagram under general.kenobis.bunker and TikTok as well under uh, at general underscore Kenobi's underscore bunker. So I'd appreciate it if you guys follow me there. Um and uh, we actually launched a second channel uh, on YouTube that's called El Bunker del General Kenobi, which is Spanish for General Kenobi's Bunker. So uh, nice. we do, you know, we do a lot of toy hunts. We do, of course, we talk about the Ahsoka show. We do a little bit of lore uh, videos here and there. I'm trying to do more of those. Um, but I just, you know, I got this jumbled like ideas and I need to like put them together and it's not not easy for me. But um yeah, guys, so once again, I would appreciate it if you could check us out over on General Kenobi's Bunker on YouTube. Nice, nice. And Ray, where can the people find you at? I actually, um, I actually just created a TikTok, uh, Retro, Retro Ray 210. Um, Instagram, I'm working on that right now. All right. Nice. And also, you can find Ray at Instagram at Star Stuff Podcast. Yeah. On X at Stuff Pod, <laughs> Threads, Star Wars Stuff Podcast, Patreon, Star Wars Stuff Podcast 2187, TikTok, just search Star Wars Stuff Podcast. You can email the show at Star Wars Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, of course. You have a group and a page. Also, lots of reviews on Apple. A lot of five stars for Apple and Spotify. Thank you so much for that. It's showing. We see them. It's awesome. Also, we have a website. StarStuffPodcast.com, and thank you, everyone. Uh, the The show's been a tremendous success during the run of Ahsoka, so I can't say thank you enough. Uh, lots of listeners, lots of viewers, 
The podcast is growing tremendously. I just want to thank everyone out there for listening, watching, chatting, commenting, reviewing, all the things to help out the podcast. So for Retro Ray, for General Kenobi, my name is David, and may the Force be with you.